The legal views and content expressed on the following program are provided solely for informational and entertainment purposes. They do not constitute or contain legal advice. Hi, this is Mary Jennings, and congratulations to Ryan and Dave on the 50th episode of Break the Business Podcast. How's it going, everybody? Welcome to the show. You are listening to the Break the Business Podcast. I'm Ryan Carella, and it is a pleasure to have you here this week. I'm joined by my co-host, Dave. How's it going, Dave? I'm doing great, buddy. It feels like it's been forever since I've been here. Yeah, it has been. But it hasn't only been, like, what, one episode? I know, but it just, it always... Our schedules schedules have been very weird lately. We're we're in this weird... uh, like few week period where I think hopefully after this now we settle down we get back to regular uh, stuff. You're right because three weeks ago it was just you mm-hmm. and then we were together. Yeah. Two weeks ago. Yeah. And then last week it was just me. That's right. Yeah. But now we're back. Yeah. yeah okay. All right. So yeah. like, but for the next few weeks we don't anticipate. I don't think any so. more travel weirdness, right? Of course th- that'll that that'll be the time that uh, lightning strikes and I get some good news out of uh, West Coast. Oh, we'll miss you. Well. Yeah, who knows? That could be happening sooner rather than later. Actually, I have a pretty sizable lead. <laughs> no, don't. But today is not the day to break my heart with the possibility of you leaving and, and leaving all these podcast listeners. Ryan, I don't want to break your heart. Do you want to know what I want to do instead? What do you want to do? I want to break the business. What? That was so late. I wasn't even sure if you like if you decided to stop the recording. I was or trying something. to go for the delayed reaction as like a point of humor. Uh, okay, I couldn't it, find it, the button. It, it on the didn't board. work. It did not work whatsoever. Also, because you hit the table, I felt like that also threw you off. You're like, ah, what do I do? Fifty episodes, yeah, folks. Woo! Fifty episodes. Yeah, fifty. <laughs> fifty episodes in the books. How exciting! Yeah, and it, that just sounded like our second. That was not, yeah. It's so polished. It's we yeah. have the kind of polish that you only get from doing this. 50 yeah, Ryan. Times. I mean, it's not like we interrupt each other or anything like that. We was just that, keep. Yeah, no, it does. Yeah. Like, we never really do that. That's not like a problem for us at all. No, it's not. I mean, oh, damn it! You're supposed to start <laughs> no, talking at the no, same you, time. You were supposed to talk when I was talking. That was going to be the joke. No, because you interrupted me. Then I was going to stop. Then you were going to stop. Then we're going to go at the same time. It's that fifty episodes of chemistry that. Just yeah, makes the people. Every, you know what? It's funny. You back. know what everyone always says. Right? You know what people say to me, right? They stop me in the streets and they say, "Oh my god, I love your show," and um, I recognize <laughs> you from the show. And um, did you get that? Yeah, no, okay. Visually, podcast, no, I'm asking yeah. them if they got it. It's okay. Oh. The listeners out there. Hi, listeners. How's it listeners, going? Listeners, yes. Yeah. Um, what was I saying? Oh, that's right. <laughs> Fifty episodes. Fifty uh, episodes, they, people. Thanks they, for sticking with us. Yeah, they always can, they always say, "Hey, you guys have such good chemistry." Yeah, I don't I don't get it. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> But despite the fact that we're not on our game right now, oh, there's a lot to like in this show. Uh, we got a yeah. lot of great stuff to talk about. We are we are doing this 50th episode justice. We even have a few of our favorite guests that are going to be coming in throughout the show. And yes, they've been nice wishing enough. us yeah. a happy 50 episodes. That's mm-hmm. kind of cool. Yeah, some nice uh, pre-recorded uh, messages for us. I, that's good yeah. stuff. Um, and coming up in the next segment, a artist that I really like, Danielle Ate the Sandwich is going to be joining us. She might have the best name in DIY music. Well, okay, wait, but who's the artist? Danielle ate the sandwich. Well, I don't care what happened to you at work today. Just tell me who the damn artist is. Yeah, that, that's the artist's name. Danielle ate the sandwich. So you, you kind of feel like you kind of stamped it out too early. Oh, sorry. For the joke. Are you saying I, I had to drag out the Abbott and Costello yeah, bit a little yeah, longer? Yeah, yeah. Sorry about that. 50, 50 episodes! episodes! Woo! Yay! 
<laughs> oh man. No, she she's great and uh she Five-o. is just <laughs> hey, good contribution. Hawaii five oh episodes. She's just wrapped up, or, or I shouldn't say she's just wrapped up. She's about to ha, wrap up. Ha. Sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> a monster Kickstarter campaign. She's raised almost $13,000 as of the time that I'm speaking right now. And by the time you hear this episode, she'll have a couple days left in that campaign. So what I would hope is that after you listen to this awesome interview, you, sound out, you find out how cool this girl is. You're going to get on to Kickstarter, find her Kickstarter campaign for her album, The Terrible Dinner Guest. And uh, throw her a couple extra. <laughs> yes, of course. The theme seems to continue. <laughs> a lot of culinary stuff going on with her. Guys, get on that Kickstarter because we got to get her some food because she already ate the damn sandwich and, and now she's, she's starving. Left. She's sitting in the dark waiting for you to go to Kickstarter. Okay, help her get another sandwich, you assholes. Oh, sorry. <laughs> 50 episodes! <laughs> We're nothing if not professional around here. I feel like we're trailing some sort of Sklar Brothers type thing here. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, oh, by the way, you should probably rate, review, subscribe. Yeah. The show. Um, yeah, you should, that, those are ways you can get, you reach out to us, I've been told. Uh, we're yeah. iTunes and SoundCloud. And as of yesterday, you can also find us on the platform Stitcher. I'm suspect about this. I don't, you, you, you tried to explain this, and I have no idea what this is, really. Stitcher is a really cool platform. Uh, a lot of podcasters I know use it. And it's also, it's, it's a podcasting slash internet radio platform. It's got many, many subscribers. And as much as you're giving me the stink eye because you don't know what Stitcher is, it's a thing, okay? And okay. I would encourage the listeners, including you, all right? Maybe your first time going to Stitcher, Dave, you should go to Break the Business or go to our page on Stitcher and throw us a rating because we need some ratings on Stitcher. You want me to Stitcher. choose the show? You want me yeah, to Yeah, yeah, no, prime the pump. That's okay. what it is. Because, you know, we get your rating in there and people will be like, oh, well, this guy gave a rating. And, of course, your name's going to be, like, you know, Joe Podcastfin. I've rated our thing on iTunes, and I've rated your book on Amazon. Oh, I appreciate that. Uh, ask me if I read your book. Yeah, it's about to say, is it a verified purchase review, or were you, didn't you not, did you not get around to swiping your card there? Uh, oh, no. <laughs> so, just so you know, the non-verified purchase reviews, the non-verified reviews are not worth very much. So, you know, thank, thank you very little for that. Um, but... <laughs> Under Stitcher's algorithm, once you get five ratings, mm -hmm. all we need are five ratings. Mm -hmm. Then you start. Then you can qualify for the Stitcher charts, which can get us on the front page and move the ball forward with us there. So, listeners and you, Dave, if you could be so kind as to go onto the Stitcher page uh, for Break the Business Podcast and throw us a nice rating, we'd love you forever. Mm, okay. Make it our make it our fiftieth episode present. Oh, I like that. Yes. Yeah. All right. Oh, oh, we, you know what we haven't said yet? Follow us on Twitter. Oh, yes. 50 episodes! Oh, uh, damn, I thought that was sorry. No, no, no. You so, can follow me at MetalDave85. I'm going first. You can follow uh, my friend Ryan over here at Ryan, K-A-I-R. Much appreciate that. Yes, mm -hmm. you can also like us on Facebook. Go to Facebook.com slash BreakTheBusiness. You can also, you know, you know check us out on SoundCloud. Yep. And, oh, I should probably mention this just because it's a, you know, cool little feather in my cap. Uh, I was recently on the DIY Artist Route podcast with D. Grant Smith talking about my book. Uh, he's a, he's a nice guy. We've yeah. had him on the show before, and yeah, uh, I got to plug the book. So another cool. place, another place you can find us. Oh, by the way, I've have been getting questions. I want to answer right here, right now. We are still working on our MySpace page. So yeah. if you're going there, we're not on there. That's why. Keep going on there. I'm sure it'll probably be on there eventually. 
But the important thing you need to do is keep going onto your MySpace account. Yeah, we're not sure if we want to go with the solid color background or the background where it's just like a hundred pictures, like mm-hmm. layered Maybe over some and over of our favorite unicorn. Yeah, right. That's yeah, yeah. but so, but keep going on there. Yeah, keep Fre- going. Friendster too. That's a you know, it's 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 making a comeback in College Trader. Yeah, yeah, all this good stuff. You yeah. remember College Trader? I have no idea what you're talking about, College Trader. So College Trader was like Facebook's competitor. When, when we, we were in college? Yeah, we were in college. I never heard it. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but how do you know it? Because I remember seeing posters for them around UM, where people were like, oh yeah, you can do Facebook or you can do College Trader. I have no memory and of I, this. Yeah, exactly. Did not go anywhere. Huh. So, before we get into uh, uh, some stories, and we got some great stuff, and of course in the C, in the, in the D block, mm-hmm. sorry, we're, we got some cool you know pop culture stuff that we always do. We, it's going to be a great 50th episode extravaganza. Um, before we get into a little more of the music industry stories, I had a listener email. Oh yeah, this yeah. is our uh, every fifty episodes we we read a, a right. listener one, email. One email every fifty episodes. So yeah, it better be good. So this is a treat. Yeah. Um, but you, if you want to reach out to the show, you can email us at breakthebusiness at gmail You mm-hmm. got show questions. You want to propose show topics. Um, any of that stuff. That's how you find us. Breakthebusiness at gmail And one of our listeners, his name is Chris. Chris emailed us and said, a band I love called Five Iron Frenzy. I've never heard of them, but that's kind of, you think it's like a golf thing or? <laughs> like, I'm just, I'm just, I mean, what else could it be? Okay. A band I love called Five Iron Frenzy wrote a song called Every New Day. And in it, the lead singer incorporates lines from a William Blake poem, The Tiger. Would they have to get permission to do this? Ryan, um, William Blake, really popular English poet, right? That's right, yeah. When did he die? Uh, I'm gonna. According to the 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 folks at Wikipedia, I have him uh, no, being no longer with us. Uh, ooh, goodness, I lost it. <laughs> Fifty episodes. I think you said 1794. No, uh, 1794 is when he published the poem "The Tiger." Oh, okay. William Blake uh, left this earth on in August 12, 1827. So, yes, they can use the poem. And why is that? Dude's dead. Well, that's not the rule. I think it's Just because there. somebody dies doesn't no. mean you can use their words. It's like, totally, Marvin Gaye's dead, and they're suing people left and right no, to no, use his stuff. It's totally in there. You read the cases. Dude's dead. Use it. That's it? Dude's dead. Use it. Actually, we should... Okay. <laughs> All right. I'm there's joking. Gonna be, I'm there's going to be like a bunch of artists infringing on like dead people now because of, of, of the... No, it's before the it's it's fair use because it's before the nineteen thirty what, what what year is it what deadline? Um, yes, it's 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 public domain. Yeah, and so um, basically anything older any any work of authorship that's older than nineteen twenty two, you can feel pretty confident is in the public domain. Anybody can use it for any purpose. It belongs to all of us. You know, hooray, put, public domain. Let's put it this way, Chris. I think a good project for you, a very interesting thing to do. See if you can dig up William Blake's estate somehow. And see if you can get alert them to this use and see what happens if they can sue and create some sort of amazing case that we can then talk about later That would be on. pretty spectacular. That's your homework, Chris. Thank you very much for the email. So there you go, Chris. Hope that was helpful and also frustrating. Yes. Um, uh, I enjoyed very much this article I read last week uh, in the New York Times by one of my favorite musicians slash music industry pundits and futurists, David Byrne. Ooh, from the Talking Heads. Yes, indeed. For, uh, or formerly of the Talking Heads. That's right, yeah. Um, but he, he writes great stuff about the music industry. He always has such an incredible amount of prescience as a, you know, when looking at what's going to be happening next. And he, he wrote an interesting article called open the music industry's black box, where he talks about music streaming. And 
We hear it all the time from artists, Dave. The biggest complaint from artists about streaming, streaming is ruining the music industry. Nobody's mm-hmm. buying records anymore. There's no money in streaming. You're, you're this guy. Like you, you, you have always come out saying like, I want to be able to own my, my thing. I want to be able to hold it in my hand. I don't yes. like streaming. I, I, I like physical ownership. I like a tangible product. You want, you want to hold, you want to take that shrink wrap off, off the CD. Yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah. I want the vinyl. I want the CD. Yeah. All that stuff. And, and your view is in line with many artists who have a lot of skepticism for streaming. And that skepticism is being further propounded by the fact that you always see these uh, Facebook posts where artists post their Spotify royalty statement. It's like, Oh, my song has been played 25 billion times and I've made eight cents. You know, you see these all the time. That's a weird thing. What's a weird thing? That they're not making any money? No, no, just to post a check. Well, they do, because it's sort of like their grand statement. Like, look, here's here's my statement that says my song's been played, you know, a ton of times, and here's the thing that says I made very little money off it. And in that situation, it's very easy to blame Spotify, mm-hmm. because that's the name on the check. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so it's easy to think, okay, they're the ones not paying me enough. And so streaming companies on the whole, have a pretty bad reputation with artists. Mm -hmm. And what David Byrne notes is maybe that's not where we should be lying the blame. Uh, From Mm -hmm. the article, it's easy to blame new technologies like streaming services for the drastic reduction in musicians' income. But on closer inspection, we see that it's a bit more complicated. Even as the musical audience has grown, ways have been found to siphon off a greater percentage than ever of the money that customers and music fans pay for recorded music Many streaming services are at the mercy of the record labels, especially the big three, Sony, Universal, and Warner, and non-disclosure agreements keep all parties from being more transparent. Get it? No, I don't. Oh, Talking Heads? Yes, Psycho Killer. Oh, God. That was the end of the quote. That was Psycho Killer? Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Psycho Killer. Kiss, kiss, say, ha, 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 Run, 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 run away. I don't know why I didn't get it just from the ha, 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 ha. But because you stink. And we're 50 episodes in. Woo! Anyway. So, you know what You know what sort of makes me think of? What? Okay, this is super obscure. Probably. But I know you love obscure references and you love this show. So you're going to like nail this right away. Do you remember that Saturday Night Live sketch with Phil Hartman as Bill Clinton, and he's walking into a McDonald's? Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So, Warlords. Yo, well, don't, don't <laughs> give away the punchline. It might come as a shock to you, Dave, that not everybody listening on this podcast has the encyclopedic knowledge of the Saturday Night Live sketch that you okay. might. Yeah. So to set this up, uh, Bill, you know, this is... Phil Hartman's like a really old sketch from like what, 25 years ago. He's he's I think he's running for president and this is 92, so yeah. it's 91. So he's jogging into a, you know, and the whole bit is he's jogging into a McDonald's and, uh, you know, his wife's telling him like he can't, he well, no, no eating McDonald's. Service and like, Mrs. Clinton said, no, no more uh, fast food. It's like, boys, there's going to be a <laughs> lot of things we don't tell Mrs. Clinton, let me tell you. <laughs> By the way, how right Fresh was that? Was it? Wow, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But anyway, so he, so the whole idea is he's supposed to be exercising, but he's going to walk into McDonald's and he's telling the Secret Service guys, oh, I'm just going to come in to meet the people. And yeah, so he get a Diet Coke, something like that. Right, yeah. and so he's get a Diet Coke. <laughs> and so he, he doesn't actually order any food, but instead what he does is he just walks up to every American. Grazing. 
and and grazes right but eats, he, eats everyone's food right but he he gives like brilliant political like yeah. policy yeah. arguments while We're sending eating people's food, food to Somalia right, right. so right? but instead of getting to the people get it it's getting intercepted by Warlords. Right. So, and right. So he's meeting somebody. He's explaining to them like about why the problems with sending foreign aid to Somalia. Uh-huh. And he's saying that now, now let's pretend that your chicken nuggets yeah. are are your foreign aid, yeah. and and this uh you know this uh honey mustard yeah. is the Somalia. Yeah. And then and he's like, and then look, it gets grabbed by the warlords. And yeah. It's him eating it. Yeah. And so essentially, I just the, said this already, but yeah. go ahead. Sorry. The record labels are the warlords. <laughs> like. <laughs> There's was a long route. There's, I know it is, but it was the first thing I thought of when I thought of this article. You have streaming dollars, uh-huh. a lot of streaming dollars that are being paid by music fans, both ad-supported and monthly subscriptions that are all going to Spotify. And on the way to getting to the artist, they're getting intercepted by the record label Warlords. What was the three record, three record labels again? Sony, Universal, Warner. Does Sony own a stake in a streaming company? They do. Oh, yes, they do indeed. Which streaming company was that again? That was Spotify. Wow. Yeah, and and so you might be wondering, well, how is Sony doing this? How how are the labels able to siphon so much of this money away? And what laughingly? David, well, laughingly. But what David Byrne notes is that we don't know because all of like the particulars of these deals are being kept under lock and key. They're not being transparent, but here's what we do know. Mm -hmm. We do know that the major record labels are all major shareholders in Spotify, Mm -hmm. which makes it pretty likely that they're going to, you know, give themselves a good deal. Yeah. We discussed this actually a number of months ago. That's right. Yeah. They're on both sides of the table. That's right. And we know that the major labels get to skim ad revenues off the top before any of it can get to artists. And we know that most record deals are structured in such a way where up to 85% of the streaming revenues for a label, for, for the artist, go to the label and the artist just gets these little crumbs. And in fact, uh, a, an article in Mike this past week looked at Lady Gaga's contract with Interscope, mm-hmm. and it specified that Lady Gaga gets absolutely nothing from her streaming licensing deals. Nothing? Yeah. Lady Gaga? Isn't that crazy? Huh. Because she she might be stuck in like a really nasty contract that she probably signed like way back in her just post NYU days. But how many albums has she released since then? I don't know, three, four, five, something oh. like that. But that's you know, could have been a five album deal. Wow. I know. That's wow, crap. it's almost like record labels are super corrupt, right? Yeah. <laughs> but and yeah, that's and, and so we we you know we're running into this where we you know we can read the tea leaves and see that it's imbalanced. And mm-hmm. I, and I know what you might be saying, but if I'm an indie artist, like there's no warlord to eat my chicken nugget. So why am I still not getting paid? Well, the more money that Spotify takes off the top, the less everybody gets, whether it's signed or unsigned artists. So it may very well be that Spotify needs to pay more. And certainly on the songwriting side, we need to fix that because songwriters are getting screwed by Spotify. But Mm -hmm. if you want to know why this streaming service as a whole is screwing artists, look to the record labels as uh, David Byrne asks us to do. Um, and hopefully we can get some clarity there. Yeah. All right. Coming up next, we got Danielle ate the sandwich on the break. The business podcast, 50 episodes. Hey, Ryan and Dave JP Collier here from Dublin. Congratulations on the 50th episode of the break. The business podcast. You guys have created something pretty amazing, providing us grassroots musicians, some of the most up-to-date information and advice out there. You are bringing out the information that we all hunger for. Um, I'm absolutely delighted that you managed to get the podcast this far and uh, 
I can't wait for uh, the next 50, 100 or 150 episodes. So keep it going, guys. Congratulations. And now, congratulating the Break the Business podcast on 50 episodes, rock legend Keith Richards. Okay, Mr. Richards, whenever you're ready. R- right, what's this for? Uh, uh, break the Business podcast. Oh, God, I remember these blokes. What, 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 what are we doing here? What, what is this for? Uh, apparently, they've got 50 episodes. 50 episodes, you say? That's right. Five zero. That's right. They just wanted you to do sort of M- a Mike, congratulations Mike, message. Mikey? Yeah, 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 boss. Do you know what number I hate more than anything? Uh, what, what number would that be? 50. Oh. Right. And you... Put this bleeding sheet of paper here with this phony congratulations in front of me. Do you know who you're dealing with, Mikey? Um, you're, you're a legend, sir, a legend. Right. To you, break the business. I hate lots of things. I hate Mikey here, for instance. I hate his little child. He's terrible, isn't he? Oh, my God. <laughs> Your wife's pretty swell, though. Anyway, Mikey... I mean, who am I talking to here again? Dave and Brian. Uh, actually, according to this, uh, it's Ryan. Dave and Ryan. You don't upset a British rock and roll legend, sure. Mikey. Unless you, you realize the closet behind you is filled with the bones of producers I have killed. Y- yes, uh, we, we've all seen the bone closet, Mr. Richards. Right. Congratulations on oh, 50 episodes break the business. I hope you do maybe 48 more. Mikey, stop the blatant recording before I hate you more. Welcome back to the Break the Business Podcast. She is an indie folk singer-songwriter originally from Grant, Nebraska. The Denver Post calls her a tender singer-songwriter, a brazen humorist, a fearless young woman. Her latest album, The Terrible Dinner Guest, is coming out next month and is the product of a Kickstarter campaign where she has raised over $12,000. You can find out more about her music by visiting danielleatethesandwich.com and by visiting her Patreon and Kickstarter pages. Ladies and gentlemen, Danielle Ate the Sandwich is on the Break the Business podcast. Danielle, thanks so much for being on with us. Hello, Ryan. Thank you for having me. Oh, uh, it is my pleasure. I am thrilled to have a uke player on the show, being that I am also a uke player. Not a not a great uke player, but a uke player by uh, any means. And so it's cool to have a fellow uh, lover of that instrument here. And speaking of things that I love, Danielle, I love your stage name. Uh, do you think you have the best stage name in music? Who do you look at in music and say, that person's stage name is cooler than mine? Uh, I... I really like the name Lady Gaga because it actually kind of sounds like a human's name uh, or it can be delivered as a first and last name. I do. I do like I think Dropkick Murphys is a cool uh, stage name. That's solid. Yeah. And um, mine. Mine is great, though. Like I must admit it, it catches a lot of attention and um, a, a lot of like middle aged men like to ask me questions about it. Like, what kind of sandwich was it? OK, what's or what's your favorite kind of sandwich? So if any young women out there are wanting more middle aged men to talk to them, just, you know, do something with sandwich in your name. They love it. <laughs> yeah. OK, what is the what is the most grown worthy comment you have received regarding this name? Oh, I don't know. I feel like just the the frequency of what kind of sandwich was it? 
but um, I actually have like sandwich anxiety. I, I was at a gas station once filling up, not anywhere near my hometown. So no one should have known who I was or have heard of Daniel at the sandwich. And the gas station attendant kind of said to someone behind me, what kind of sandwich was it? And I was shocked and appalled, like, how would this woman know? Why would she ask me? And I felt like so off, you know, taken off guard. And then from behind me, a guy walks up and he's like, it's a chicken club. And he was just buying a sandwich at the gas station. Oh. <laughs> but I, I just like my sandwich alert level is always on on orange to red. And I'm just like, anytime someone says sandwich, I'm like going to like think I'm going to have to answer something about my stage. So name. If you're ever around people who know who you are. And and you're about to take a bite of a sandwich. Like, do they do they all crowd yeah. around you with anticipation? She's gonna do it. She's gonna do it, you guys. <laughs> yeah, they do. They do. And sometimes I'm embarrassed to order a sandwich like, in certain situations. You're, you're standing at or, Subway you know, with a bunch of people, and you're just like, "I'll have the salad," and they just all get disappointed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I love disappointing people, so it works out great. <laughs> Uh, how did you come up with that stage name? And I know you probably get that question all the time, and I apologize. No, in advance. I do. And here's another great way for me to disappoint you all. There's no, <laughs> there's no good name. Um, I spend a lot of time alone, and in my alone time, I think of ideas, and usually they don't come from anywhere but the black hole that is my brain. And um, I wanted a, a stage name that had a little bit of a zip and and zazzle. And I was given the name Danielle Anderson. That's my full name. And I didn't think that had enough uh, power. So I was like, I think food is cool. Food is colorful. It's funny. It's not intimidating. It doesn't take itself too seriously. Pizza's probably the coolest food, but sandwich has so many hard consonants. Let's go with Danielle ate the sandwich. It's, it, it, does, it does roll off the tongue better, both literally and figuratively than pizza. Um, that's, yeah. and, uh, so it, you know, you're, you're, you know, you, it's a great name. And again, you play the uke and I love ukes. Uh, what is the coolest ukulele you have in your collection? I want to see if I can beat you with a uke I have in my collection. Okay. Let's do I this. A, Cause I, 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 I feel like I got a trump card here. Oh crap. I'm going to try to really think <laughs> what I have. I have a lot of gorgeous ones made from kind of my sponsor company, my MOA, uh, but as far as like wacky or or off off the cuff ones go, I have a hot pink plastic one that is a woody ukulele, and just because I'm your guest and you have to you have to flatter me, I have one that's that was made for me by a fan that's like half steel and half wood, so like the neckboard and the body uh, is made of like steel metal and the, the front face is the only part made of wood. So it was very heavy and raised a lot of eyebrows when I flew in through the airport with it. Oh, that actually sounds really cool. I kind of want something like that. And maybe you can connect me with that fan. Cause I think that would be a cool one. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. you, you, you might actually have me beat there. Cause that does sound like a really sweet uke. Uh, my Trump card is actually a gift from my co-host Dave. He gave me a doctor who ukulele. Oh, that has cool. the uh, the TARDIS actually printed on the uh, the body of the uke. It's like a TARDIS floating through space, and you got like space every there. Yes. Um, and then you have a uh, you know the DW up at the top where the uh, where the nuts are. And now I can't remember any of the names of ukulele uh, anatomy <laughs> on the spot. Again, you are you are, the you're, headstock. You're, the thank headstock. you, thank you. God, it was just it was it was on the tip of my tongue. Um, so. You recently, and we should probably talk about your career at some point and not just, uh, you know, your name and your instruments, but what, you know, now we'll get into the fun part of the interview here. 
Although I thought that was pretty fun. You recently completed an album that was the soundtrack to the HBO documentary packed in a trunk, The Lost Art of Edith Lake Wilkinson. You've never done a soundtrack. You had never done a soundtrack before before that. So how did creating something like that differ from creating a non-soundtrack album? Did the creation process sort of differ for you? Yeah, it differed quite a bit. Um, the What I was doing was the same. I was writing folk music on, on similar instruments, using my own voice. So at the end of the day, it looked very similar. But for me to have that expectation of there are people who have hired me to do this. Uh, there's a person, a real life person who lived, who this movie is about and dedicated to. And some of her family members who are still living are involved with the film and are also looking at you and making sure you don't mess this up. So I had those voices in my head and um, at times they psyched me out, but they really ended up being what supported me through the project because I worked with extremely kind and supportive women, uh, the filmmakers and the family members who starred in the film. So uh, the, the biggest thing for me was just settling myself down and calming down and going, okay, Danielle, how can you relate to this artist, this woman named Edith Lake Wilkinson, who the film is about? Uh, what does she have in common with you? What does she have that's completely different from you? And how would you feel to walk in her shoes? How would you feel to be an early 1900s painter? How would you feel to be a lesbian who was institutionalized? And um, she had a lot of crazy things happen in her life. She was an artist um, at a different time. She was a woman. And um, I, I think that there, I want to believe that I can kind of find the common denominator between me and literally any other human, whether it was really obvious or not. But that's, that's in a way the job of a songwriter is to, um, whether or not we're trying to tell someone's story, we're just trying to relate to other people and, and, and like, take spend an afternoon having a cup of coffee with them and the the uh, outcome should be a song that is hopefully thoughtful and and meaningful that's a really interesting perspective i i i when i've when i've heard other artists talk about making soundtrack albums or making songs for movies or tv shows they usually say it's a, an easier process in fact uh, there's you know the sort of the famous story of uh I think it was uh, Huey Lewis, I believe, who actually was able to overcome writer's block because he wrote some, a song for Back to the Future. And then, you know, sort of like, OK, getting to write something for a pre-created topic is helping, you know, give me some direction. And now I can you know, start to write some of my own stuff again. So it's interesting to hear that you had some anxieties, uh, at least at first, uh, that you were eventually able to overcome. I, I, do, do you think that's sort of unique for you or you know, that's other artists tend to encounter? I have no idea. I have no idea what anyone else is ever thinking. And I I very rarely relate <laughs> to a lot of people. So I might be the odd man out. But for me, my songwriting and and I get writer's block, sure, but it's it's easier for me when no one is paying attention to what I'm doing while I'm creating it, because then there's no expectations. No one knows I didn't finish it. No one knows that it might have sucked until it went through enough revisions to be good. And, um, you know, no one's keeping tabs on the time that it's taking me. And and so and to write to write stories in my own perspective, I could be inspired by someone else, but I could also just be uh, superficial and vain and write about my own stories and my <laughs> own feelings. And I'm a very sensitive and melodramatic person. So I even though I suffer from writer's block occasionally, I never have like a shortage of emotions and bizarre 
uh, feelings and interpretations of the world. That's cool. And, uh, you know, and congratulations to you for, you know, doing the things that you were able to do in your career to give you the opportunity to create this soundtrack album. Now, let's say an artist approaches you and asks you for advice on how to get into making soundtracks. Like they'd like to be able to do the kind of stuff that you did for this project. What advice would you give them? I don't think I would have great advice uh, for for people who wanted to write soundtrack or compose music uh, for film and, and television. I kind of stumbled upon this project because I was who I was and I did what I did as Daniel ate the sandwich, a little folk singer songwriter. And this project came to me through friends I had made who found my music on the internet and we just developed a friendship from when I toured to where they lived in Los Angeles. And the relationship grew that when this project came across their desk, they asked me to be the one to write the music. So that's not typical, I, I wouldn't say. But for any artist who wants to do anything, I think the bottom line is just start doing it. And um, it might not be the best. You're obviously going to need to learn and grow and get better. And your contacts will grow and your talent will grow and your ability to figure out how to solve your problems will grow. But I... I uh, advice for humans, humans anywhere doing anything, just get started. Stop making excuses and just give it a shot. Oh, that is such great advice. And it's something that you know, I try to impart to artists all the time, particularly the ones who are right there in the embryonic stage of their career. And they will say things like, oh, I'm I'm trying to get that, you know, I'm trying to get my album made, but the songs still aren't perfect or there's still things I want to fix. And it's just like, look, build the plane as you fly it, get out there and get creating. Because if you don't, if you wait until everything's perfect and you feel like you know everything, you're never going to start. Exactly. Um, exactly. And it's kind of a defense mechanism, I think. It's easier to be like, I'm just waiting until it's perfect and I'm the best human in the world. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, then you're making me feel like a fool for just trying it. But look at me. I'm I'm actually out there doing it and you're still kind of making excuses for yourself. So I've got plenty to learn. Don't get me wrong. It's, I've been doing this for seven years, but I still got tons of stuff to learn and it's tons of stuff to try and perfect. But I'm out there and I'm making it happen. It's sort of like an indirectly uh, critical point towards you in a way when they say like, oh, I'm, I'm still waiting until everything's perfect to get started. Uh, I know you didn't do that because you're <laughs> out there creating stuff, but you know, I'm trying to be better than you. So exactly exactly um, what are you saying against people who just start i know that we're bad come on <laughs> um and and so let's turn the focus to some of your original work here or, or, or it's all original but uh, some of the non-soundtrack inspired work uh, you're currently in the midst of a fantastic kickstarter campaign you've raised over twelve thousand dollars for your upcoming album the terrible dinner guest your album name equally as cool as your uh, artist name by the way uh, that comes out next month and so other than the support of your fantastic fans, or as you dub them, I believe, the fanwitches, what do you think has contributed most to your campaign's strong performance? I don't know. I was going to say my fans. Now, I know. See, I, I, I was on you. You turned it on me, brother. You as, turned it on As me. I was asking the question, I'm like, I don't want, no, because she's going to take the easy out here. No, no, no. Yeah, well, I think aside from the support of my amazing fans, who I think would probably support me even if I was just like, you get the CD in a burlap and a burlap bag for $50. I think they would still do it. But that should I be a pretty try... cool reward to be fair. <laughs> like I got the Daniel ate the sandwich burlap sack. You guys <laughs> will give you the remote, the coordinates of a remote location and blindfold you. And then we'll deliver the CD in a burlap bag and you'll hear strange noises. 
count to 10 and then you can open your present. Um, I feel like, aside from my awesome fans, I want to think I have a knack for marketing, especially marketing myself. Luckily, with a name like Danielle Ate the Sandwich, you can get away with a lot of things. And um, with my new album, which is titled The Terrible Dinner Guest, it kind of lends itself to like dinner party themes or, um, you know, I market it as as like this new album is going to be terrible because it's called The Terrible Dinner Guest. And I think anytime for me, when I've uh, delivered things with a sense of humor and especially not even a sense of humor, but not taking it all too seriously, I think that really opens it up for people to go, ooh, cool, what is this? This girl doesn't seem so bad if she can laugh at herself or she's inviting us in. I think um, serious musicians are great, but they intimidate me. Like people who, you know, like just smoke cigarettes and drink whiskey on stage and they have, you know, I don't know, like they take they have integrity and they take pride in what they do. Uh, these people, I don't know. But Weird. you know what I mean? Like a lot of artists are really serious and they take themselves seriously. And and the, you can market yourself that way and it can be done, but it's really not, it's never been my style. And I don't think it would pay to market my own music that way. Because just like I said, I named myself Daniel Ate the Sandwiches because I think food is friendly. Like I always want to be friendly. I want to be approachable. I want to be bright and colorful and have weird stuff going on so that somebody can get into it in, in any door that's open, whether it's that they like folk music or that they like ukulele or that they like jokes or that they like people not taking themselves too seriously. And just to kind of, I don't know, like my marketing strategy is be friendly and make fun of yourself. Um, so maybe that's what has made it uh, a success. But truly at the end of the day, it's the fact that I have I have a fan base and my fan base happens to be composed of people who are extremely generous and want me to succeed oh yeah and you know and your, your fans uh truly seem awesome the way they came out and just have supported the heck out of this album and i just i'm, I'm looking at your campaign now here and I, I love even some of the little cute marketing things you did where all of your kickstarter rewards are actually different examples of terrible dinner guests Yes. And, and they're just, Thank you for noticing. Yeah, it's just all about like creating a unified theme with your projects, which is, you know, any any you know marketing one on one person would tell you like that's generally a smart thing to do. Um and so again, you should you all should check that out on uh you know, Daniel Ate the Sandwich on Kickstarter. Uh, I'm looking forward to that album coming out next month. And you know, it's I, I wanna ask you something else here about something you said in your answer, which is that you don't take yourself too seriously. And there is indeed quite a bit of comedy in everything that you do and, and the videos you make. But what's funny about that is that a lot of your songs are really not funny. And yeah. you know, I, I don't mean that critically. <laughs> you're not trying to be funny in these songs, but a lot of what you're presenting to the world is a careful balance between not taking yourself too seriously and having a sense of humor, but still putting out serious songs that, you know, you know, to you know, sort of as a as a rebuttal to what you say, does have a bit of integrity to them. Some of these songs. How do you how do you sort of achieve that balance? And and do you think it's you know perfectly acceptable for you to kind of you know have both of these sides to yourself? And your fans have responded to this. I think it's acceptable for a human being to not be absolutely one thing at all times but be I the will same admit that in everything you do that's what I'm <laughs> saying let us label you once that's... and never confuse us again <laughs> but 
like I think that's fine. Uh, we are all complicated um, beings who who evolve and grow and from day to day may change entirely. But most, I think like as a product, as Daniel ate the sandwich, the product, a lot of people are confused by like that, that I don't write comedy songs or, you know, that a lot of my songs are about death and um, God and, and like deep and heavy things. And um, I think what's great is about my fan base, again, as those who have gotten to know me and those who have seen me perform live or have watched my videos online understand that there's a quirkiness in, in the marketing and the way I deliver the product, but that the product can actually be quite substantial and um, might require a listener to sit still and not be giggling for three minutes. And again, when I'm playing for an audience for the first time, there's usually a mixed sort of thing where they're like, wait, are we supposed to laugh at, in these moments of the songs? Or uh, is it okay for us to keep chattering um, after the stage banter where she tells a joke but then goes into the song? Or should we be quiet again because this one's about the summer her grandpa died? You know what I mean? And, and um, But I, um, as many times as that makes me feel vulnerable in a, in a live setting or being again a product, I think that that is also what makes it a powerful product is when it's not just one thing and, and you don't, you have an idea of what you can expect, but it's a nice range. So every time I make you feel sad in a song, I might tell a joke or make fun of myself to brighten it up again. And it's kind of a, a beautiful thing, I think, to have a product that gives you a lot of different emotions and outcomes and can be a, a lot of different things. And hopefully that attracts a wider demographic of, of audience members and listeners who want to go, oh, I want to laugh, but I want to cry too, man. But once I cry, I want to laugh again, so I don't leave too sad. And um, if you're one of those persons, if you're one of those persons, if you're one of those people, is how a real human would have said that sentence, uh, I'm the one for you. I'm the one. Um, you see, I shouldn't say you seem, you, you, there's, there, there's a you are a del you seem like a delightfully complex human being uh, and <laughs> and and those are the people I love to interview and we love to have on this show and so I'm particularly intrigued to ask you this question uh, because of what might uh, come out of your mouth here but what would you say is the biggest challenge you've faced as an artist as an indie artist or are currently facing in fact and and how have you tackled that challenge yeah I think when I first started, um, again, I've been doing this professionally for about seven years. So when I first started, I had to just convince myself to get started. Like we were talking about earlier, I had to stop listening to the negative voices in my head that were like, these songs aren't good enough. Nobody cares. And I had to start listening to the ones who were like, yeah, but even if they're bad, wouldn't it feel awesome to just get them out there and see what happened? And um, so for me, one of the one of the more difficult things, even today, after doing it professionally for seven years, is not letting the, the bad, mean voices of, of my own head or fans or YouTube comments get me down. Um, because for every stinker, there is um, a positive that uh, probably more than a few positives to outweigh it. So as artists, we are, I think, usually we hate ourselves. I feel like a lot of artists hate themselves, but we have this like uh, juxtaposition of vanity of like wanting to share it and wanting to be in front of people and wanting to use our talent. 
but at the same time, we're like insecure or depressed or whatever. So listening to the good voices that say, you rule, girl, you go, you get it, um, instead of the bad ones. And um, this is a long answer, but now that I am a little more established in my self-confidence and my business footing, um, something that's hard for me as an indie musician is deciding when, if ever, I'm going to not be indie anymore. Mm. Like, like what would I do? Do I want a booking agent? Do I want a manager? Do I want to hire a publicist? Would I want a record label? And I'm still, I'm, I'm doing things on my own. I send out my own CDs. I pay to have my own address labels printed. You know what I mean? Like I'm literally doing everything. And, um, except for art, I, I hire talented artists to do my stuff for me a lot of the time. But, uh, there's still like, as this album came around and I was like, maybe this should be the album that I do the right way. And you know, the right way being like hire a bunch of people who probably don't have my best interest at heart. They're just out to make their 15%. Um, and I, I talked myself out of it again. I was like, what I've, I've gotten this far just doing my thing and just being who I am and not trying to be too fancy so again, that might be something for me to talk about with the psychiatrist, but it's like, do I have a fear of, of taking the next step or am I doing okay as an indie musician, literally handling everything? So that's my biggest thing. Again, battling my inner voices. No, uh, I, I, I would, no, well, well, to be fair, that's a challenge that, you know, you're certainly not alone in facing uh, the, your, your career success has put you at a difficult tipping point for any indie artist is, you know, deciding, okay, now that I'm starting, you know, I'm successful, you know, and I'm slowly reaching the point where I can't pull all the levers on my own. You know, when do I start delegating and how do I delegate? And that's, and that can be a very tough question. There's all, you know, if I get, if I can interject here, a couple things you know, to keep in mind as you're navigating that path is, you know, you want to make sure that the people you involve yourself with share your vision. Um, you want to make sure that what the deals that you make with these people, whether it's booking agents or managers or, you know, anything in between, um, you make sure you get those agreements in writing and you have a lawyer uh, you know, look at them to make sure that you're not giving up too much and, you know, and make sure that you're not what you're paying them in is something that isn't too valuable. Uh, you know, for example, uh, paying people with your copyrights is generally a dangerous proposition because your copyrights are the cows on your dairy farm. They're the ones making the milk for you and ultimately, you know, keeping, you know, keeping you afloat. And, you know, those are two valuable of assets to use. And so uh, there's a you know, quick piece of, you know, tips out there for everybody listening. Uh, but it'll be interesting to, for you, Danielle, going forward to see how you navigate these things. I'm sure you're going to do a fantastic job and, um, you know, I'm, we're, we're looking forward to seeing how that career moves forward for you. Um, before we let you go and you've been a delight, so, you know, please, you know, keep, keep your information with us so that we can have you on to see again, to see how you navigate that delegation question. Uh, do you have yeah. any last tips, uh, that you could share with the indie artists out there? Maybe something we haven't covered, uh, on how they can move their careers forward. Uh, yeah, I've already covered a lot of the believe in yourself, blah, 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 junk. <laughs> Always good. <laughs> so um, thinking of something and more as a business standpoint that could help you and um, all artists everywhere, I've been um, dwelling on this idea a little bit lately, is the importance of training your audience. 
whether or not you have one yet or are just building one. And I'm, I'm kind of doing this with my own. Um, and I mean training kind of lightly, but uh, like letting people know uh, what is a great way to support art and how far uh, the liking of a Facebook page can go and how essential donating a dollar to a Kickstarter or a Patreon page is and how awesome it is to um, share your work. And I always think it's important to be grateful, um, but it's also important to let them know how they can be, how they can help us as indie artists get the word out about our songs and how it really doesn't take much from them, even monetarily, just to like a post or to write ha 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 smiley face. Um, and just, you know, like the average person doesn't think about Facebook algorithms. So like uh, the more interactions our posts get, the better everything goes for us. And and I think um, also things like uh, what what uh, sources bring us the most income and where we're being paid fairly and maybe where we're not. And um, I also think that uh, training live audiences, like I bless my family. Um, they're the type of people who will come to support me at my show and then they'll leave when it's the next act's turn to play. You know oh, what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I don't know if they'll listen to this, but uh, I hate when you guys do that because <laughs> that, that's me. That's me some other time when when the family member of the band who played before me leaves when it's my turn. You know what I mean? So like anytime you're at a show, a live show, and you're disrespecting the uh, audience member or you're sitting in the front row and talking, um, that stinks. That's hard because uh, to to realize what the person had to go through to get themselves to that point, to write the songs, to grow the stones, to be audacious enough to stand in front of a microphone, vulnerable and sharing their their gift, their talent, um, and, and not listening to the bad voices in their head telling them to just stay home and they suck, they suck, they suck. Uh, for you to be talking or for you to leave, or even if you got to leave, just do it respectfully. Uh, and I, I don't know, I, um, I think people rarely are aware of what what a good audience member looks like or what a good supporter of the arts is like. Um, maybe because our society is so like, give it to me now, I got to go honk honk. And we're just, we're, we're hardly ever thinking about each other and each other's feelings and, and what little we can do to have it go a long way. Does that make sense? Is that a fine answer for you, Ryan? It, it certainly does. I admire your courage both to create amazing art as well as put your parents on blast. So uh, <laughs> that was no, it was a fantastic answer. I get answer. any Christmas presents this year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can find her at DanielleAteTheSandwich.com, Facebook.com slash DanielleAteTheSandwich, and YouTube.com slash Magic. And be sure to get a copy of The Terrible Dinner Guest out next month. Did I miss anything there, Danielle? Any other websites, social media where you want people to find you? Um, you got it all. I love using facebook.com uh, slash Daniel ate the sandwich, but my website is a great hub for, uh, for you as fans to find me anywhere that I exist on the internet. Very, very cool. Danielle, thanks so much for being on with us. It was a treat. Thank you, Ryan. A pleasure on my behalf as well. Uh, we'll be right back on the break the business podcast. Hi, we are the droids, Josh and Sarah. <laughs> And um, hi, Break the Business Podcast. We hear your, you owe us $50. Fifty, us 50, 50 something. 50, you, wait, no. They've done 50. 50 years 50, old? Uh, you guys turned in 50? That's, that's impressive. Wait, 50, no. 50, no. 50 what? 50. 
shows. 50 they have made it to 50 shows. 50 shows. Congratulations. Congratulations, you guys. guys. really rock. That's a lot of talking. And now, congratulating the Break the Business podcast on 50 episodes, John Ratzenberger. Hey, all right, Dale. See you later, Keith. Yeah, yeah, Keith Richards, that's pretty swell. Hey, buddy, uh, how's it going? So what's going on here? Uh, hello there, Mr. Ratzenberger. Uh, we just uh, wanted you to come in, do lay down a quick track, uh, congratulating the Break the Business yeah. podcast on its 50th episode. Yeah, 50 episodes, that's pretty good, Mikey. Oh, they, yeah, they, they're pretty happy about it. Yeah, um... I see here I get uh, just a little script here, something like that, about uh, congratulations on 50 uh, terrific episodes. You know, I, I like to wing it. Uh, that's the John Ratzenberger way. I'm not sure if you know this on Superman 2. I improvised all my lines. Uh, forgive me. I don't think I've seen Superman 2. Well, Keith told me about the bone claws, and Mikey thinking maybe we had to use it. Anyway, you know, after 50 episodes of Cheers, uh, I'm not sure if you've ever heard of this show Cheers. Oh, yeah, we love Cheers. Ted Danson, that guy. Okay, all right. Well, besides him, you know, me, George went and uh, Shelley Long went out to fi- uh, celebrate the 50 episodes. And uh, we went to this bar right down, uh, down the street from uh, Chia's, right? Uh, it was called Beers, right? And I said, hey, how's it going, bartender? You know what the bartender said to me? What was that, John? He said, hey, what can I get you? Uh, you didn't say anything else? Well, then I told him I liked some beers. And he said, oh, we don't have beers here. This is kind of an ironically named bar. Yeah, no, 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 no beers at beers. So then I said, hey, guys, this is kind of uh, weird here, don't you think? This place is called beers. There's no beers. We should probably go to a bar to get some beers to celebrate cheers. So then George Wentz said to me, hey, Jen, where can we go? That's not what he sounds like, obviously. Although some people have told me I do a perfect George Wentz impersonation. Hi, I'm George Wentz. I hate to, I hate to think we're you know, coming off topic here. I don't think a lot of the break the business listeners know who George Wentz is. Anyway, celebrating 50 years of Superman 2. Congratulations, guys. We, uh, I knew you can do it, Richard Lester. Welcome back, everybody. Our thanks to Danielle Ate the Sandwich for joining us in the previous segment. And now it is our pleasure to premiere a track off her album, The Terrible Dinner Guest, which is coming out next month. The track is Long Haul. Danielle was nice enough to send us this track and let us premiere it. Thank you very much, Danielle. After you listen to it, be sure to support her on her Kickstarter page. Here we go. When the snow falls, will you be shoveling my driveway? Will you be coming in from the cold? Will your boots be drying in my foyer? In my foyer, in my foyer. When the day's done.
of the terrible dinner guest that was Danielle ate the sandwich with long haul here on the break the business podcast that was a world exclusive I know that was like remember at the end of making a video and now the world premiere of whatever LL Cool J Deep Blue Sea yes it was just like that yeah it even sounded like you know LL yeah. Cool J song but I deep I, have we ever gotten a, a get like that have we ever been like the world premiere of a song I don't think so I don't think so but apparently now it's becoming old hat because we're gonna have a world premiere of another song Oh, goodness, that's right. I planned this poorly. All right, so let me, let, me, let me first lay this out. So in my old podcasting days, the pre-Dave podcasting days. We I don't think, talk about that. That's right. Um, I used to do a segment on a, a, an old podcast called Crappy Ukulele Songs, and it was exactly what I said it was. It was me playing a ukulele song that I wrote, and they were all crappy because I am not a good musician. And I thought in honor of our 50th episode, uh-huh. <laughs> I would dust off an old favorite segment mm-hmm. and play a crappy ukulele song about our 50 episodes. And so, you know me, Dave, you know, I'm you know, not a singer. Nope. Uh, you know, hardly a musician. Nope. But not creative in any way. I would think. Oh, see, you didn't have to like take it that far. Oh, Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> 50, 50 episodes. episodes. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's starting to lose steam. I know. Well, we're we're sort of towards the later part of the show. Okay. But I wanted to, you know, wanted to play a, you know a ukulele song about our fifty episodes. But now I realize I've planned this poorly because I have scheduled it where I have to follow Danielle ate the sandwich, who actually is a competent musician and a great ukulele player, and this mm-hmm. is going to be a disaster. But um, here we go. And you've never heard this song before. No, and it's just you and me here in the studio. Yeah, and you're going to serenade me. That's with right. Crappy ukulele. This is completely live. I would say, like, if I screw up, it's going to be live, but it's when I screw up, really, because I'm going to screw up a lot. Um, yeah, but, this is live. Whenever yeah. you're listening to this, this is always happening. I should say live to tape, I believe is the correct term. Yeah, Tape so, in front of a live studio audience of me. So I, I I need you just to talk for a little bit. I'm just going to cue up the reverb here uh-huh. and, you know, to make myself sound a little better. Oh, okay. Hey, guys, do you ever notice how authors who use ukuleles, like, try to use a reverb to cover up their crappy singing? That's right. Oh, you're back. (laughs) All right. So uh, this is, I don't think I titled the song, but this is my crappy ukulele song about our 50 episodes. Here we go. Don't you know Aww. 
Got 50 episodes of our show. That we do. Been right here in our studio for you. Actually, this is our second studio. And all our guests, they've been great. Like Mary Amber and Jay May. The droids and Jay, P. Calio and Danielle A. The sandwich. And we talk about the music biz and we talk about the law. And we give you lots of career advice so you can get to the top. To the top. Then Dave talks about Star Wars and Comic Con and does impressions that are spot on. I hate it. And we play and I lose all his game shows. That he does. A year of podcasts, you've learned a lot about how record deals are really not good for you. And you have taught yourself to shine. Shine. And you can run things on your own, but you know you're not alone. Cause you've got me and Dave will answer the phone when you call. Actually, that's not accurate. Uh, don't call us. Uh, we don't really know you. And, you know, I don't even, do you even pick up numbers like when they're not, you know, on the contact list? No, no, no. I yeah. just, it goes to voicemail and I probably maybe wait a week before I yeah. listen to the voicemail. Yeah. Can, can I be honest? Like, yeah. I just needed a word there that rhymed with own and alone. And that was the only thing I could come up with. Um, so Stone? Stone. But how, how would I use stone? Um, look, either way, we're still here for you and uh-huh. your career. Just keep listening to our podcast each week, and you can tweet at us and stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Plus, if you keep listening to us, we'll talk about the music biz, and we'll talk about the law, and we'll give you lots of career advice so you can get to the top. To the top. Then there's Dave's Metal Minute, which really rocks. We'll play Canada Town or Hoser Talk. And we'll know how much Dave hates red light cameras. They suck. Here's to another year, my friends. Keep downloading again and again. We will all break the business and win we will all break the business and win we will all break the business and win 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 you betrayed the law there we go. Hey, that was good stuff. Thank you. You know what? You should sign a record deal. <laughs> <laughs> um, now that I'm thinking about that, that should have been the end of the show. We should have gone out on that. We should have gone out on that? Damn it. Oh, well. You suck at this, Ryan. 50, 50 episodes! episodes. <laughs> <laughs> All right.
That was good. Ah. That was actually pretty good. Yeah. At first, I wasn't sure if I should avert my eyes. Like, if you if, if you didn't, if you were like a cat or something, like, don't look at me. Don't look at me. Don't look at me. I'll perform it. And then I figured, well, I can't just sit here and take it. I have to chime in somehow. And I think my contributions were good. I hope the mix was okay on it, because ideally, you're supposed to have two microphones. Oh, dude, the mix was solid, bro. <laughs> Don't get me started on the mix. And I, I just had one mic straddling the, my voice and the ukulele, but yeah, because that would have saved it if I had two mics. <laughs> that, <laughs> that was, was the, the problem. That was what held us back. <laughs> That's why, see, we, oh, see, now we could be like, oh, see, Academy didn't recognize. Why? Bad mix. Yeah, yeah that's what it is, the mix. It's always the mix. Yeah. So, um, but we still got some D-block stuff. I know that seemed like the thing to go out on, but oh, well, too late. Oh, so now, oh, now that awkward transition. That's right. Yes, <laughs> I'm not even like I can get my <laughs> phone out. I don't even know what the hell's going on. I don't even know how much time we have right now because I don't. I, I, yeah. I, I, Do you want me to play like somewhere over the rainbow on the uke while we get this started? Come on. No, no, no. I'm I'm cool. I'm fine. Um, right? Yeah, I think I'm cool. Yeah. <laughs> um. Oh, there's stuff happening in the world today. Yeah, how about that. Oh, dude, you, you want to know what's pretty cool? Have you always thought I would love to be in Star Wars? Yeah. I that I mean, yeah. Right. What if I told you you can go to the cantina from Moss Eisley? The bup 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 that one? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Do you want me to play it on the phone? No, I can't, right? No, no, no. I mean, I was barely allowed to do that without getting sued, so Yeah. But then that would be very cool, yes. Well, Ryan, in Hollywood, California. Only Hollywood, California, unfortunately. Yeah. But hey, you know, get out there. It, soon, there's going to be a pop-up Mos Eisley Cantina, basically completely inspired by A New Hope. Uh, it's called the Scum and Villainy Cantina. Oh, that makes sense. And um, they're going to take reservations. And basically, they're available in like two-hour blocks, 6 p.m. to 8 p.m., 8.30 p.m. to 10.30, and uh, nightly. They'll also be available 3 p.m. to 5 on Saturdays and walk-ins. Welcome from 11 p.m. to 2 a.m. So, uh I guess the appointment thing makes sense. Because at first I was like, why are they doing that? And I was like, oh, wait, if they didn't do that, there'd be 100 million people at this thing. Yeah, there are no details yet on where it's going to be located or how long it'll be open. But um, they're billing it as a two-hour immersive experience. Uh, the reservations include two drinks, a souvenir pine glass, and a scum and villainy challenge coin. I don't know what a challenge coin is. Yeah. Is that something I don't know about? Oh, obviously, I don't know about it, but what is it? You don't know if, about if it If you either. don't know about it, it must not be a thing. Well, it has to be a thing. Maybe it's a Southern California thing. Maybe we should go out there, Ryan. Just saying. <laughs> anyway, you know what's coming up now, buddy? Okay, we haven't done we haven't done this segment I'm in a very long time. I'm excited for this. And it, it, it's very all oh, very timely because I got some big news. All right, you ready? Yeah. Now it's time for Dave's Metal Minute on the Break the Business Podcast. Yeah! That's right. It is time. To ride with the four horsemen all the way to the most metal city in the world right now, Minneapolis, Minnesota. How's it going, Ryan? It's going great, Metal Dave. I'm so excited to see you. It's been so long. Yeah, well, I've been sort of in a hibernation mode, apparently. Um, I've been uh, chilling in the bowels of hell, but uh, I I got the signal that I was needed because it's 50 episodes, Ryan. That's right. Uh, right your, but, your timing's great. That, right, but, this is a good day for you to be here. Right. Do you know what episode you I want you to call me for? Which one? 666. <laughs> That's the only but goodie, Ryan. Remember? Uh, yeah, that, uh, that we'd have to be on the air for a long time for that. <laughs> It'll happen. It's like wait. I've made a deal with the Dark Lord. It'll happen. Wait, you, you sold your soul to the devil so no, no, that no, we no. could be on for 666 episodes? No, no, no not, not my soul. Oh, crap. 
Yeah. Dory. I'll look after your wife and your kids eventually one day, and I'm, I'm sure everything will work out for the best, and I'll be happy. Well, you're a stand-up guy, Metal Dave. Thank you. Exactly. Yeah. I, you know, I, <laughs> well, your immortal soul is damned for all eternity. I'm, I'm pretty sure things will be okay yeah. here. So for those of you new to the Dave's Metal Minute, Dave brings us some metal stories, and it's metal. That's pretty yeah, much that's it. that's right. Metal! We all appreciate you backing away for the mic for that. That was nice of you. Oh, I am extraordinarily considerate. Yeah, metal people are actually the nicest people around. There's this, right, there's a stereotype that we're all just kind of like really like evil or just like a bunch of hate-filled uh, assholes and everything like that. Yeah, but like, we're really the kind like of people who would sell other people's souls to the devil. Anyway, that's a completely unfounded accusation against uh, the metal community, right? Especially the Metallica family, right? And that's where I'm going tomorrow morning, getting on a flight, go to Minneapolis to see Metallica Saturday night at the uh, brand new U.S. Bank Stadium in Minneapolis, Minnesota, home to the Minnesota Vikings, Ryan, the most metal football town in the world. And you just you, you Sorry, squashed ju- all I ju- over I jumped, it. I jumped the gun there. Sorry, I thought Vikings was like a nice end point there. Well, because I was good. Okay, all right, whatever. Sorry, Metal Dave. See, this is why your soul has been damned. <laughs> that's that's really exciting for you yeah, that and, you get to watch Metallica play. That's, right. Guess what else is going on for Metal Dave? Ooh, what's that? I want passes to the Snake Pit, Ryan. Awesome. Yeah. Oh my God, that's tremendous. For you non. <laughs> Piece of yeah, piece, piece of, of equipment just kind of went of haywire. Just fell. Don't worry, Metal Dave. Just yeah. play it off. No, right. That, that, that's the devil right there. Anyway, <laughs> it's it's Ludivine, our buddy. Anyway, um, for the uninitiated, unmetal folks out there, the Snake Pit is was first introduced by Metallica on the touring of the supporting the Black Album because they had a snake on the cover of the Black Album. Yeah. Anyway, they have this whole like fan area enclosed right as part of the stage, and you get to enter a contest. Random drawings, of course. And for the club members only. Okay, only us club members get it. We're special. You're not right. See, a lot of people don't know this. You think it's actually me pressing the sound effects button, but really that, that sound just follows you wherever you go. Yeah, it's 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 my soundtrack to life, and I'm I'm very happy about it. It has caused problems in testing facilities when I was like taking the bar and everything like that. Yeah, sure. I can yeah. imagine. People tried to like kick me out, but I said no. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone knew when I got a right answer because that just automatically happened. Anyway, so you've never been in the snake pit. Before. I have never been in the snake pit, right? This is my first ever club contest victory. I would have wanted the meet and greet, but you know what? Snake pit is great. So, right, I am going to be in a special, exclusive area, closed in for the fans, you know, away from the rest of the other GA guys, encircled by the band, dude, really close up. This is going to be freaking awesome, bro, for my sixth time seeing them so, what, so like it was a drawing i'm guessing and and how yeah, what, yeah. Were, what was sort of the probability of you i mean granted the probability for you was a hundred percent because obviously you're gonna get into the snake pit but for a, an average person for mortals yes about but, one in 666 i don't I mean, that's obviously not true but that's funnier than the real answer so we'll go with yeah that. i don't know what the probability is <laughs> <laughs> That's a weird question for you to ask. What would I'm I know just that? curious. I want to know how how lucky an average mortal would be. Anyway, to get into Ryan. Snake pit. Okay. 
Even though the show is sold out, you, Ryan, you, you me, you, you unmetal person, you, and all of our listeners out there, be you metal or not, you can listen to the show on Pandora, Ryan. They're going to stream it. That's awesome. So, yeah, yeah, you can join me in spirit, brother. All right. Are you pledging right now to listen to the entire show? I'm not even sure if I have Pandora on my phone. I think, I think I'm just... Silence, Ryan! <laughs> you will listen to the show. I will totally listen. I'm so excited. I will expect an in-depth report with track listing. Well, speaking of in-depth reports, are you going to take some pictures? Or are the people on Twitter going to get to see you in the snake pit? No. Fair enough. Ryan, next bit of news. News. Ryan, <laughs> speak <laughs> of the devil and the greatest band in the history of this world, any other world, all galaxies, all universes and multiverses and anything else that Neil deGrasse Tyson says exists because, God damn it, that guy knows everything. It's very interesting. Indeed. <laughs> Ryan... Metallica announced their new album comes out November 18th. Oh, that's awesome. Congrats. 11 studio album, buddy. All right. This is, oh, dude, dude. We've been waiting so long. How long has it been since the last album? Probably a number that's not 606 to anything. That's true, yeah. 666. I said 606. That's, that's, that's not quite as metal. Slightly less. Slightly less metal. That's 60. About 60 less metal. <laughs> Anyway, it's called Hardwired to Self-Destruct. Oh, that's metal. Very metal. And um, again, November 18th. Get it. D get If you don't get right, are you going to get it? Yeah, I mean, I'm not really an album guy. I, I kind of just stream stuff now. And... Silence, Ryan! You will buy the album. I will buy the album. Multiple albums. But CD, why, vinyl. But why would I do that? Because it is your duty. And maybe the only way to, you know, vo void out that deal where I, I sold your soul. Oh, right, of course. The soul, yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah, that yeah, whole thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, right. one more bit of news. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, Ryan Lochte. <laughs> okay. Apparently, Ryan, you know, wait a minute. Oh, no, I was afraid he was going to do this. Your name is Ryan, too. Yes, that's true. Are you true. also an unmetal deserter of your comrades and brethren, Ryan? Uh, are you asking me if I am the Olympic swimmer Ryan Lochte? No, we have different names, and I don't tend to embody any of his characteristics. Well, you are... Did you just I'm so... tag yourself? <laughs> I'm just... I just realized what I did. That's so terrible. You're right. I, I... You... Rock Riff tagged yourself. I did. I'm so sorry. How dare you? I will sell your soul a second time <laughs> to a far worse demonic entity, Ryan. There's a worse devil? Yes. Super devil? Yes. Hyper devil? Yes. And Ryan Lochte apparently does this many. Ryan Lochte leaves a man behind, right? You see this? He got out of Brazil ahead of the fact that the authorities have figured out and his fellow swimmers have agreed, hey, that story about us getting robbed, we lied. Yeah. Instead, we vandalized a shop, and the owner and security guard said, hey, guys, don't leave and pay for the stuff you vandalized. And instead, they just said, we got robbed later. Yeah. 
And and Ryan Lochte is safely in the United States while his br- uh, brothers in arms and lying was pulled off a plane. Ryan Lochte, very unmetal, right? Leaving men behind. That's not very metal, no. No. And, you son. Oh. 50 episodes! Yeah! Oh, man. Thank you so much for joining us, Metal Dave. It's always a pleasure. Please don't don't let so many episodes go by for us to hang out. We always have a great time when you're here. Thank you. I'll be back soon. Don't worry. All right. Our, our thanks to Metal Dave. Our thanks to Danielle Ate the Sandwich. Our thanks to all of the artists and all the guests we've had on the show uh-huh. who have congratulated us on our 50th episode. Yeah, yeah. It was great. We look forward to 50 more and more after that because we love doing this so much. It's been fun. And yeah, it's amazing you think, wow, 50 of these already? I didn't think we were going to go this long. No, not a chance. I really did not, not think we were going to go this long. chance. Yeah, it's been actually kind of annoying. Yeah, it's been, been a real burden. It's, 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 it's kind of adversely affected our lives and it is actually legitimately taken away from work time for me. Yeah. No, we're, we're meaning I've actually suffering. made less money because of it. So it's not even making money for you. It's actually taking money out of your pocket. It's yes. having the opposite effect of any business. Yes. This is, this makes me go in the red, but you know what, buddy? What? 50, 50 episodes! episodes. Thank you all very, very much for listening. We will see you next week on the break, break the, the business, business podcast. podcast. Metallica. Metallica.